0: Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: Ladies and gents, all things covered, Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden. we got a special episode for you guys today. If you're a college football fan, you enjoy watching this guy go deep, deep post routes, score big-time touchdowns. If you're an NFL fan, you love seeing this guy do the same thing, unless you were rooting against his team. So clearly, if you were a fan of an NFC, AFC South opponent that was not named the Houston Texans, you probably didn't like this guy very much. A South Florida native out of Miami, 305 stand up, a national champion with, it's kind of hard for me to say this, but I got to give him his just due, with Miami. All right. Yeah. National champion with Miami. Number three overall pick in the 2003 draft. Yes, he was a top Three pick at the wide receiver position. Seven-time pro bowler, five-time all-pro. They 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 missed a few years. He should have had more than five, but we'll talk about that a little later. Number 11 all-time in receiving yards and receptions in the National Football League. Semi-finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2022. Houston Texans stand up. Miami Hurricanes stand up. Andre Johnson is joining us here. All things covered. Pat P., Brian McFadden. Dre, man, thank you for joining me. How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. How you been doing? Man, I'm doing pretty good. It's always a pleasure having, you know, even though, you know, I went to Florida State, I've had quite a few Hurricanes on here, man. You guys are all professional individuals outside of when we go to war back in those days. But hey, I appreciate you joining me. And speaking of Hurricanes, let's start back to one of the high points of your collegiate career, uh, 2002 Rose Bowl Mm -hmm. against Nebraska. I mean, you guys just dominated Nebraska from start to finish, man. How confident were you, uh, were you, in, with your team going into that ball game and just easily taking care of business against the Cornhuskers?
0: We were very confident. I think the year before, uh, the year before we had played Florida in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. Uh, that was the year we uh, felt like we had the one loss. Um, we actually uh, that was the year we beat Florida State for the first time in like five years. Mm-hmm. ranked number one team, but we all had one loss. Um, I think the only undefeated team at that time was Oklahoma, and that was the year Oklahoma and um, Florida State played in the national championship. In the Orange Bowl. Yeah, so we yep. felt like we were supposed to be in that game, and uh, but they ended up putting Florida State in the national championship, and we played in the Sugar Bowl, played Florida in the Sugar Bowl, and we dominated them. And I think when that happened, it just, you know, it just took off for us. So that 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 next year, man, we were just, you know, like the, even just summer workouts, man, the way guys came in and worked their butts off, man. And it was just uh it was it was it was either win it all or or it was nothing. You yeah. know. So, uh you know, it, we were very confident in the team we had.
1: Yeah, and for you individually speaking, Dre, man, Great. you had what seven catches, one ninety nine. Uh I, they, they didn't stand a chance. And I remember that game still like it was yesterday. They kept trying to bump and run you. You were too physical at the line of scrimmage. You were just winning that easily. Your first two steps, you were getting on top of it, man. Did you think you were going to have that type of ball game? Uh, I, I, I didn't know how it would play out.
0: Um, You know, at the time, they had the top cornerback in the country, which was uh, Keo Craver. Mm-hmm. And Craver. Um, you know, that's all I heard all week was like, yeah. how are you going to do against them, you know, um. You know, he had all the hype and things like that. And um, Curtis Johnson, who who was our receiver coach at the time, yeah, told me, he was like, man, we're going to throw you like three or four deep balls. So I was just like, yeah, whatever. You know, coach will tell you something, but you don't yep. know what's really going to happen or whatever. So in practice, we were just throwing the ball deep. Every time the ball came to me, it was just a deep pass. So mm-hmm. I was just like, well, shit, I mean, evidently, they, you know, this must be the game plan. So um, I was very confident going into the game. And I was just out to prove everybody wrong because – all week, all I would heard was about him and, yeah. and all the hype about him.
1: So, yeah, and I can tell you this much, Dre: you earned a lot of draft leverage, and he lost a yeah. lot of draft leverage in that <laughs> ball game. You know, what I mean? that 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 ball game alone, even though going into that game, you was already a made man, in my opinion. But man, what you did on that national stage that that jump starts you getting in that top five, eventually getting drafted to the Houston, Texans. Where would you rank? And I'm asking you this question, and I need an unbiased answer. We've had this discussion quite a few times in barbershops, hair salons. If you're a football fan, you probably talked about this when it comes to some of the best collegiate teams on the gridiron to ever do it. But that 2002 team, clearly, if you look at the NFL prospects, man, you can, it's a laundry list of guys that were on that team, right? Some guys that were starters, role players, but eventually became uh, big-time significant pieces in the National Football League. Would you consider that team in 0-2 to be the best college team to ever do it or one of the best? I always That old that, that one team that led to uh, – the two oh two uh, Rose Bowl. Yeah, I always say we were the best. Mm-hmm. I, I don't.
0: I mean, I I think if you just look at the talent on that team alone, you know, you had guys like you know God rest his soul, Sean Taylor and yeah, Andre Rool, Kellen Winslow, Roscoe Parish, um, Willis McGee was playing fullback in that game. Um, yeah, Frank Gore. You had guys that were on that team who wasn't even getting in the game. They were just playing special <laughs> teams at the time. Yeah, so. You know, if you just look at the talent on that team alone, I don't think you can find uh, you can match a team like that just talent for talent, guy for guy. Um, if you look at the first round draft picks alone on that team, you know it was crazy. Guys drafted alone on that team you you never seen nothing like that happen before. So um, I always say I I feel like
1: it's the best team ever. What was the practices like for you guys? Talking about mentioning some of the names on those on both sides, <laughs> I can imagine the practices were hell, right?
0: Man, practice was crazy, man. Um, you know, you had so much talent on the field. I, I remember sitting and talking with scouts, and they was like, you know, y'all practice is like an NFL practice. Mm-hmm. It, it just just with so much talent, the the way we practice, how fast we practice, like everything was, you know, Coach Koker used to always tell us, we only gonna be out here as long as y'all wanna be out here. Mm-hmm. So the tempo was always like at a pace, man, like a crazy pace and uh you know it was it, it was fun man but at the same time we knew we were competing against guys in practice that was going to be better than better than the guys we played on um, on Saturday
1: and speaking of you know competition your quarterback was a guy who got the job done but he seemed to be you know slept on a little bit uh, talk about Ken Dorsey of course you you uh you two guys shared that uh, co MVP for that national championship game but why do you think a lot of people slept on Ken Dorsey throughout his time there at Miami? Because Ken
0: Dorsey wasn't the flashy guy, you know, mm-hmm. he just did things the right way. And, you know, if it came down to checking the ball down to the running back and he had to check it down to the back five times, that's what Dorsey was going to do. He never did uh, anything crazy. You know, he just played the game the right way, real quiet guy. And just an all around great dude. And I think, He didn't really get his just due because of the talent that he had around him also, you know, because, you know, most people would say, well, anybody could have, you know, did what he did with that talent. But I don't don't necessarily agree with that because, you know, at the end of the day, the quarterback is the one who's, you know, you know, orchestrating everything. So if you're not making the right plays with the players that you have, then you don't win.
1: No doubt. Quarterbacks are important. And like you said, he just he wasn't flashy, but boy, he was consistent. He got the job done. And he made plays. You guys had an outstanding, prolific like connection down there in Miami. And because of that, you know, you got drafted to Houston Texans. I've mentioned that third overall uh, to the Houston Texans mm-hmm. in the 2003 draft. Uh, it was a battle, though. When you look at the top wide receivers that were slated to go top five, top 10, it was basically between you and God bless the dead, Charles Rogers from Michigan State. Uh, Charles went two. Right. right, yeah, to Detroit. Charles went two. You went three. Headed into draft day. Uh, where did you feel like you were probably going to go? Did you have any indication that you know, I might go to the Texans? Did you have any, Did you think you were going someplace else?
0: No, nah, um, I know I wasn't going to Detroit. I know I wasn't going one or two. Um, yeah, because I never took a visit to Cincinnati. And when I went to uh, Detroit on a visit, I just talked to Steve Mariucci, was the head coach at the time. And I literally talked to him for maybe like five minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in the room the rest of the time. I was there till it was time for me to go to the airport. Yeah. So I, I didn't really have good feelings about it. I felt like I would either go three or four, um, gotcha. Houston or to the Jets. Uh-huh. Um, I spent a lot of time with, with the Texans, um, with the coaches. And I was actually um, talking to David Carr a lot um, before I actually got drafted. So, gotcha. Um, I, I, I felt like Houston or the Jets were the two places for me.
1: Yeah, well, it, it worked out well for you. Real quick, Dre, you know, talking about uh, getting drafted to uh, uh, the Texans. Do you remember your combine numbers and, and what did you actually run? I ran 436. Uh-huh. I mean,
0: 40.
1: Uh, and, and how much did you weigh? I
0: was around 230 like pounds at the time.
1: So you were two thirty, ran four three. Yeah. <laughs> were you were you disappointed in that time? Because you know the the crazy part about fans, because you know I played against you at Miami, played against you in the league, and they don't believe you were that big and that fast.
0: Yeah, um, a, a lot of people don't believe. It. A lot of people didn't believe it when I was uh, coming out for the draft. Um, yeah, I had a lot of coaches that were like, you know, you don't look that fast. You know, what do you think you're going to run in the 40? And I told all of them, I was like, I'm going to run 4-3. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't a doubt in my mind that I wouldn't run 4-3. So, uh, most of them was like, the most, the best you will run is 4-5, you know, or whatever. So, yeah. I just kind of chuckled at it and laughed. And, um, you know, when I ran, um, I had one of my friends standing at the line, you know, looking at some of the coaches' watches. Yeah. And, um, you know, Coach Swayze was there also, so I knew once um, Coach Swayze told me what I ran, I knew I had done, you know, I knew I did what I was supposed to do, so.
1: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. One, one of the best combine, com, combine performances for a wide receiver, when you look at your measurables and everything else, uh, that you you jumped almost a 40, if I'm not mistaken, like 39, something like that, right? 40 and a half. 40, oh, I shortchanged my bag. 40 <laughs> and a half. You had to get me right. Hey, so coming from such a dominant collegiate program, going to a team that, you know, was basically coming off their expansion season, uh, how much did losing weigh on you? Because you guys went through a lot of growing pains when you first got to Houston. It was tough, man. Um,
0: I took it as a challenge though, because I was just like, you know, I want to be the guy who helped this organization get over the hump, you know what I'm saying? So, or, you know, get his first playoff win eventually, hopefully, win the Super Bowl one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, just, I just took it as a challenge, man. It was tough. It was very hard because, you know, when you come from winning and then you go to a place and, you know, you're, you're losing a lot of games. Um, been 2-14 and twice in my career. You know, those seasons are very long, very hard. Um, yeah. Just a lot of, you know, depressing times, you know, at those times. I remember coming in the locker room my second, I think it was my second year and man, I just lost it. Like I just walked in the locker room and I just slung my helmet like into my locker so hard. And yeah. my um, receiver coach like grabbed me, he was just, he grabbed me and put me around the corner. He was just like, man, look, you, I understand what you're feeling, you know, coming where you come from, but you just have to control what you control. And he was like, as long as you know you're out there, Giving it your all, you know, to 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 accomplish, you know, the, the ultimate goal. Man, he was like, you know, don't, you know, don't don't get down on yourself. He was like, just continue to to be the person who you are. And um, yeah. that's that meant a lot for him to do that, you know, to put me to the side and tell me that because I didn't know how to deal with it because I had never experienced nothing like that before. So yeah. it was very really tough on me um, in the beginning.
1: And and that's that's a cool, you know, point that you just highlighted for us because as a lot of fans, they feel like they're more invested than the people that actually going to play the game. And you know, social media fans be attacking teams and attacking players. Like players don't care when they lose. Like no one cares more about losing than the players. And I would even say that as far when it comes to coaches, because the coaches are coaching, but they ain't out there in the battlefield. You know what I mean? Especially. In an NFL season, it's a long, strenuous season. And then right. when you do everything that you're supposed to do, you just can't find a way to get those wins. Man, that can do something to you, not just from the physical standpoint to the mental aspect as well. And fans just don't get it. They feel like they're more invested than in the players. No, no one hurts more than players hurt when we lose. You know what I mean? It, it, it messes up your whole week. You can't even enjoy your week. You might want to go out, hang out a little bit, Man, no, have you done lost three or four of them? Like, man, you hiding.
0: Right, right, right. I think the thing is, is like, you know, they. I think they look at the TV part of it, you know? Yeah. So, like, after that game, no matter who won or lost, we always go over, shake hands. Yep. Yeah. You see us smiling and talking after the game, you know, but they don't understand those are your brothers, even though you're competing against each other. Yeah. Those may have been guys you went to high school with, played against in college so mm-hmm. it, like me and you every time we played against each other after the game we always you know what's up man what's going on yeah. how your family doing you know just talking and laughing but yeah. those are relationships you built over time
1: and No question.
0: I think they see that and they may feel like oh we don't care it's not that we don't care like we're competing against our brothers like at the end of the day it's still a brotherhood but yeah See what goes on behind the scenes, you know, and and what goes on in the locker room. So I think yeah. they just get a glimpse of the TV, and they just kind of figure. May, they may figure that you know, guys yeah.
1: who care about it. And it's all about sportsmanship. It's all about respecting the players you're going against. Because right. during the ball game, yeah, we going. We I'm trying to do my job. You trying to do your job. At the end of the game. At any game it's a mutual respect, and some fans might take that. Oh man, you just got you just lost a heartbreak, and you can go shake his hand, or you can go, uh you know, take a picture. Hey man, the game was over. You win some, you lose some.
0: Right,
1: right, you know what I mean? It's a part of life. You know what right. I mean? But it's all about respecting the crowd that everyone puts forth to go out there and play on uh Sundays. Two thousand six was a huge year for the Houston Texans, right? They had the number one pick. They shocked a lot of people by taking Mario Williams. Did you think the Houston Texans were pretty close to selecting Reggie Bush to add to a big-time playmaker like yourself and kind of take that offense to the next level? What was your thought process at looking at that 2006 draft and the direction the organization may go?
0: To be honest, I didn't think we was going to take Reggie. I knew Reggie was, you know, he was a hell of a, I mean, player in college. He was a hell of a football player. He, I mean... He was, he was amazing, man. He was crazy, yeah. like some of the stuff he did and, and when he was playing. But I always just felt like we was going to build defensively. I mm-hmm. never like we would take him. Um, I know a lot of people did want him there. I remember playing. <laughs> I, remember we, I think we played San Francisco the last game of the season. They called it the Reggie Bush Bowl. It was uh, awesome. <laughs>
1: oh. So basically the loser was going to get Reggie, right? Yeah. 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 So,
0: uh, man, it was crazy. It was a lot of hype behind that game and, um, you know, we ended up losing. And of course everybody thought we would take him, but we ended up taking Mario, but I, I never felt we would take him. I always felt like we would go defensively.
1: Yeah. What, what about another player that was a top collegiate player right from the state of Texas, Vince Young, you know, do you think he would have worked out in Houston if you guys would have pulled the trigger on him?
0: Uh, I, I think it, 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 it probably could have. Um, that was another thing, man. Um, Shit. I mean, people were walking around with Texan jerseys with Vince Young on the back. Wait, 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 really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was you people don't realize, like you have to be here in Texas to realize uh-huh. how big Vince Young is. Like I came in 03 and I was hearing about wow. so your no rookie year, you were
1: hearing you were hearing about Vince about Young. Vince. Yes.
0: Like Vince is bigger than anybody in Houston. Like wow. Vince is Vince is the man. Like like I've I never seen so much uh like people just respect him so much, man. Um, you know, him going to Texas and winning the national championship. Yeah. Man, they they are like, they, they venturing on crazy here. And uh, you know, when he um I remember seeing him for the first time at a Rockets game, mm-hmm. and he walked out and like people were going crazy, like, and I'm just like, Damn, like this is so. I that was my first time ever seeing him in person.
1: What was he already with the Titans or was he was he, no, he uh, was in college? Uh, he was in college and people were going crazy.
0: Yeah, people was going crazy, and um, you know, it was just crazy, man. Like, me and him have a great relationship. He used to always tease me, he used to always say, Young to Johnson. So, <laughs> you know, he, he always wanted to play here and you know, play for his hometown. Eventually, yep. Unfortunately, that didn't happen, but uh. You know, we and him still have a great relationship right now to this day. I see him from time to time and stuff like that. So uh you know, but all around just a good dude, man. And yeah, Vince is Houston, man. Like they Man, love him. man
1: I didn't know that. I didn't know he had that type of uh image in age town. Man, yeah. so just imagine if they he, he did play for the
0: Texas. We we played them his rookie year and he broke like probably about a thirty or forty yard run to end the game. Uh huh. Bro, we were playing in Houston. Yeah,
1: you and everybody was, was cheering. I
0: remember. I remember that play. You would have thought we was playing in Tennessee. Yes. Like, four, yes. Going crazy. He was blowing kisses to the uh, stands and everything. <laughs> like it was, bro. It was, it was. It was a crazy. Like it was crazy. You had to be there just to witness it. But it it just showed you how big he was in this city, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. It was a 39 yard run and I think it was in overtime. Yeah. Yeah. In overtime. Yes, sir. V.Y. Houston legend. Texan legend. Better. Better yet. So let's let's fast forward a little bit in your career. You know, how rewarding was it for you to finally make the playoffs in your ninth year?
0: That had to be probably um, the biggest one of the biggest weights off my shoulders Mm -hmm. um, throughout in my career because it it took so long you wanted it so bad you know just to experience it um and then i was hurt at the time Mm -hmm. that um we uh we actually clinched you know to making the playoffs yeah Um, we played cincinnati so um it felt bad not to be out there to help the team win but um you know i was able to come back and play it in playoff game against cincinnati but uh, just just that accomplishment, man. Like when we got back to the stadium, it had to be probably about 20,000 fans, you know, just outside of the stadium just waiting for us to come back, you know, on the buses and stuff. So.
1: But that was the first time the organization ever made it to the playoffs, right? Yeah. That's the first yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It was um it was a great moment, man. We had a bunch of fans here. Um the atmosphere of that first playoff game, I've never seen nothing like that. Anything. Yeah. And all the games I played here in Houston, I've never ever seen an atmosphere like that ever. Like it was, when I tell you that stadium was rocking, like, I, man, I, I don't know how loud it was, but I've never experienced nothing like that ever playing
1: Yo Dre, so you know how it is. Like you're, when, you, as a rookie, when you play in preseason games, you know, the vets that tell you, hey man, don't worry, preseason ain't like, it's nothing like regular season. Everybody moving faster in the regular season. And then of course, you know, your regular season, when you get ready to get to the playoffs, they have old vets that tell you the same thing. Playoff football is on a whole nother level than the regular season. Was that accurate for you? Getting very, to that level and playing the playoffs? Very, very much so. Very yeah. much so
0: because I think
1: the thing, what, what
0: every play counts in football when you think about it, right? Because it's so hard to win a game. Mm-hmm. Every play matters. But when you get in the playoffs, it's win or go home. So no question. the, the, the magnitude of every play is so important. Mm-hmm. Playoff game, so you can't make mistakes. Like you can't. It's no more my bads or I messed that one up. You know, like because if you don't get it right, you're not gonna win. So I yep. mean, you can tell just the focus, the detail, everything. Like in the playoff, in playoff football compared to regular uh, season football, like yeah. it's different, man. And I, um, you know, I got a chance to experience it, and it was it was a great experience, man.
1: Yeah, let me ask you this question: How different would that playoff run have been if Matt Schaub was healthy?
0: Man, I I, I tell people all the time. Um, I think that was our year to 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 possibly win it all if everyone was healthy. hmm um, Yep. It, 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 it we was man, we was a hell of a football team, man. Like we. We had, a, we had a lot of players, a lot of guys making plays for us, offensively and defensively. and uh, Yep. It was – Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's always if, you know, if he was healthy, you know. But yep. uh, we went out there with TJ, and, and we gave it our best shot. And, you know, it still came down to the last play of the game. Exactly. Hey, people
1: forget about that. It's not like you guys just laid down. Right. You still had a legit shot to win that ball game. And let me refresh our listeners and our viewers about that playoff run. So you beat the tech, you beat Cincy right. in the first round right. and then in uh, in the wild card. And then you lost to the Ravens in the divisional round and you right. had TJ, TJ Yates. Right. At right. the quarterback position. And then of course, uh, the Patriots played in the conference championship game and, uh, the Ravens lost to the Patriots. Right. If I'm not mistaken. So, if you beat the Ravens and and even with TJ, they can say whatever they want to say, you. Almost had a shot. You right. would have went on to play the New England Patriots. And if, if you look at the personnel on both sides of football for y'all, y'all matched up extremely well against right. the Patriots. Yeah. And um, and I guess one would say if you had shot based on how well shot was playing that year, I mean y'all was like seven and three in the ten games he played in. Right. That that the one play that was left out there against the Ravens shot would've made?
0: Yeah, um, it was a play, that a lot of people don't realize, if you go back and watch the film on that game, the first play of the game, uh, we were in a boot play on the first play of the game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was Kevin Walter or Jacoby Jones, they was in the end zone, wide open. Nobody was around them, nobody had covered them. But T- I guess TJ didn't see it, and he ended up throwing the ball to me. There were two plays in that, game, that play, and there was a third down play where they uh, T.J. got pressured, and I was coming across on the shallow cross, and he had to throw the ball early because he got pressured. But mm-hmm. if he could hold that ball for one more second and I can clear the linebacker, there was nobody on the other side of the field. Yeah, so it's Little things like that that you see from the game that could just change the whole thing in the
1: football game. And as it's funny, you mentioned that because you know you were talking about earlier the difference in playoffs that one mistake or that one mishap right. that one you're not not hitting the open pass catch it could be the difference in you advancing to the next week you know or going home yeah, it is man it's so big like you just look back those were the two plays
0: that always stand out in my mind about that game and yeah so you know, just imagine you you hit that first play of the game for an opening touchdown that's seven points that's
1: unaccounted for quick. And you know, when you start fast in the playoffs, that's what you want. Yeah. So. When you start fast in the playoffs, that's definitely what you want. Man, yeah, but yeah, people forget about that year, man, that their shot was there, yeah, I definitely could have done damage. I think so, you know what I mean? And still did damage, just didn't have that one play, one or two plays that you needed to beat the Ravens. Uh, this, uh, most recently, your, your former collegiate teammate, Frank Gore, and we had him on the show a few weeks ago uh, as he prepared for his boxing match against uh, Darren Williams. You know, participated in a boxing match. And then, you know, the funny thing about social media, Dre, uh, a lot of people on Twitter are saying they would love to see you in the ring. And they believe you got a lot of skills based on what happened back in 2010 with the situation with Cortland Finnegan. And, Dre, I know you, you're a quiet, cool dude, always, you know, keeping to himself, you know, having fun, but ain't no rah-rah type guy. What, 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 I never asked you this question, but what got you to that level? Because like I said, I, man, when I saw the highlights, I said, man, what the freak happened? I said, what did he do to Dre to get Dre like that? Like, and, and, and it wasn't just, I feel some type of way. No, you really felt some type of way. What, 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 what does a cornerback have to do to bring that type of, that, that, that Andre Johnson out to the forefront?
0: Well, I mean, that, that was something that had built up over years.
1: Um,
0: uh-huh. Because y'all used to play, see each other yeah, twice a year. You know, yeah. we played each other twice a year. So it was just something that built up over years. Um, a lot of words have been exchanged throughout those games and different things. And, um, you know, he used to do some things that that wasn't, you know, I always tell people, like, if, if you knock me out, you know, when we out here playing, I'm, it's all, it's part of the game. That's just yeah. what it is. Yeah. You know, you had little things that he would do after plays and I would tell him, like, yo, man, like, you need to, you know, calm down with some of that stuff. And, um, you know, it kind of, it just went left, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, you know, I never thought it would get to that point, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. like I said, it was just a build up of, of things that had happened over time, and um, you know, I just, I just lost my cool for a second. So
1: yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because I remember when that happened, a lot of people was coming to your defense, like about time. Like, Dang, <laughs> Christ, I said, Courtland, out there, man, ruffling feathers like that. <laughs> a lot of people say by time, man. It's it was like, better.
0: things that you would see, even see on film. He would do to other guys, and. Yeah. You know it was, it it just got to a point I'm just like, man, I'm not letting that shit slide, like yeah, you know you you only can let something slide for so long, you know what I'm saying, so I was just like to the point where I'm not letting it slide no more, and you know I just like I said, whatever happened just
1: happened, yeah, no doubt well, it it did just happen, no question, <laughs> and it's still it's still out there. people still remember it. I'm gonna throw out that date to you, uh, and let me see if you remember what happened on this date, November. 18 2012. You remember, you remember what happened on that date? November 18, 2012. No. Yeah, it was a Sunday. I think it was a Sunday. Uh, mm, I'm gonna give you a hint Jacksonville game, Jacksonville game 14 <laughs> catches, two dang, 273. You had the game winning 48 yard touchdown to beat the, the Jaguars in overtime. What got you in the zone that day? Man, I don't. I don't even know man um we I
0: don't know the ball just seemed to come out <laughs> I want to know how many
1: targets you had because you got 14 catches
0: I don't know man it just the ball just seemed to come my way a lot that day and um I didn't even realize I had I didn't even realize I had those stats until after the game yeah um one of the reporters came up to me and after the game and he was just like, man, like what kind of zone you was in today. And I'm just mm-hmm. like and I was just out there playing, like doing whatever I needed to do to help my team win. So um but for some reason that day it just came to me a lot, man. And uh, yeah. you know, it was a it was a great feeling to, you know, get that uh that walk off in overtime, man.
1: That walk off. Yeah. You had 19 targets too, Dre. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm a big time fan. I don't know if you play fantasy. I'm in the fantasy world right now. That's heavy. Yeah, that's big. That's, that's big numbers. That's big numbers. And 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 now, you know, because of everything that you've been able to do throughout your, your football career, Dre, you have the luxury of being a semifinalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Football heaven is what the legends call it. Right. Man, how excited are you just to have your name as a semifinalist right now?
0: And you know what? To be honest, B-Mac, it don't even feel real, man. Yeah. Um, you know, I get people that ask me about it all the time, and I can't really... You know, it's a great honor. You know, it, at the end of the day, it's a great honor. I'm very, very uh, grateful for it. But it just doesn't feel real because, you, you know, as a kid, we all had this dream of just playing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, like, we're not in the street playing football like well, I'm gonna make it in. I'm gonna make it to the NFL Hall of Fame. Is always, you know, I just want to play for the NFL. I want to, yeah. you know, <laughs> know, <laughs> for, yeah, play for the tech. Like, you know, I was a, I was a huge Dolphin fan. You know, man yeah. from Miami. So my whole thing, I used to say, man, I'm gonna grow up. I'm gonna play in that stadium one day. I want to play for the Dolphins. You yeah. Know, uh, we never sit there and say, you know, one day I'm gonna make it in the NFL Hall of Fame and just to be mentioned in that, man. It's, it's crazy. It's surreal. Like, like I said, it just don't feel real, man. It just shows, you know, what you gave to the game, you know, everything you you give to give to to the game and your accomplishments as you played it. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm truly honored, man, just to even be mentioning it.
1: Man, I, I, me personally, man, I think you I think you should be a first ballot. I played against you. I know how much a game plan went into trying to slow you down and you still dominated and you dominated with quarterbacks that weren't considered to be the top tier light guys. Right. And you did it the right way. You know what I'm saying? You did it the right way. So, you know, at the end of the day, just having your name in that, in that conversation always is a win anyway. But I think me, me personally, man, no question when it's all said and done, if I had a vote, man, no question. That's the guy you, you had to buckle up your chin scrap and make sure your, your cleats tied on tight. <laughs> and and sometimes you might need to tell that safety. Hey, Hey, just lean just a little bit, (laughs) just a little bit. Hey man, cause when 80 out here with them J's on, 80 looking to do numbers. So I might need you to lean just a little bit, (laughs) but hey, man, we're going to see what happened, but man, I, we, we supporting you here and we're going to get it rolling right now. First ballot, everybody who checking us out right now, if if you don't understand what it means to be a first ballot, like wide receiver, go look at Dre numbers, look at who he did it against, look at who did it with and, and the film don't lie. So, you know we're gonna see, and I hope hopefully the Texans do a great job and go ahead and promoting and doing what they need to do to support you as well. So only time will tell. And speaking of the Houston Texans, man, what is your thought process? Uh, what's your thought process on the current state of the Houston Texans?
0: I think right now, um, we're just going through a rebuilding stage. Um, I, I mean that's 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 pretty much it, man. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I hope some way or another. Um, we can find a way to keep Deshaun here. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, having that guy on the field, man, even if you looked at what he did last year, got through for over 5,000 yards, mm-hmm. you know, and they only won two games. He was still able to throw for over 5,000 yards, but, um, you know, he's a, he's a player that you don't want to let get away because yeah. you, you have him on the field, There's no doubt in my mind that you have a chance to win every game. You You know, I've had a chance to witness it up close and personal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just, I just hope, like I said, I just hope there's a way we can find a way to keep him here and not let him get out of here. But I just think right now it's just in a rebuilding stage and just getting the right guys in here. And, uh, you know, just, you know, taking it step by step. So,
1: Okay. Last question. I'm going to let you go if you can give me your Mount Rushmore of Houston Texans. Houston Texans, right? The top four Texans to ever play for the organization. This is your Mount Rushmore. Nobody can argue with you. This is your list. Who is on that Mount Rushmore of Houston Texans? Me. Yep. Uh, JJ. Yep. Uh, Aaron. Yep. Samurai. Um how many I gotta pick? We got one more.
0: One more.
1: Yep. You Aaron Foster. JJ. JJ, you got one more.
0: Uh that's hard. Um I don't know. I I can I can go back to when I first got here and I can say Aaron Glenn.
1: Oh. Aaron Glenn, yeah, coaching I'm, now for the Detroit Lions, or you could say, what about Newt, DeAndre? Yeah, yeah. or you could say DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I, I think, you know, you, if, I, if I went back, I would go with Aaron Glenn. And gotcha. Before our future, I would go with
1: DeAndre. That's fair. That's your list. This is your list. <laughs> this, this, this is your list. Nobody can argue with your list. Hey, but Dre, man, listen, I appreciate you joining us here, all things covered. Of uh, this candid conversation, and we're going to throw this into the universe right now. First ballot, future first ballot Hall of Famer. I appreciate it, man. Going into football heaven in Canton, Ohio, get that gold jacket. Madre, when they get that, make sure you get it. They got it uh, hemmed up real nice, man. Hemmed up nice for you.
0: Definitely. I'm going to make sure, man.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate you joining me, man. Stay safe, man. And let's see the Houston Texans and get this thing back on track. They should listen to a guy like you. you want one of the best to ever dude in the organization. So, hey keep 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 letting them be knowing what they need to do i appreciate it bro i will
0: paramount plus and the national park foundation present a mountain of zen are you still listening good take a deep breath you needed a break this Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream
1: a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.